Tell me a joke. A joke? Okay. Uh, see, why is a why is a chili pepper so nosy? Why? Because it's jalapeno business. <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> that was awful, <laughs> but it was funny because you laughed. <laughs> Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Locked In Baseball Podcast. And I want to welcome in um, a friend of mine, uh, Brian Billings, uh, the head coach at the Pacific University of Oregon, uh, which is not, wait, it's not in Beaverton. Where's it at, Bills? Uh, it's in it's in Forest Grove, Oregon. Forest Grove, there you go. And um, <laughs> not far from Beaverton, though, right? No, not not far at all. There are a lot of beavers up there, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. I mean, you're welcome. Thank you, though. I mean, I'm I'm just here to I'm just here for the ride. And uh, for those of you guys that know Bills, you know you know he's a fun fun time. So um, <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you for being here. And you know, we want to talk about all things Pacific. Um, you know, recruitment, uh, development, how you guys are unique. You know, campus life, culture, all that stuff. Uh, if we can, uh, but first a little bit, you know, if you want to touch on, you know, a little bit about your playing background, coaching background, um, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of go from there, but, um, you know, I do want to kind of forewarn everybody, you know, there's, uh, you know, Bill's is, is a pretty spectacular human being. And so, but, and when you hear him speak, your, your jaw is going to be dropping the entire time. So I want to get, I want to make sure everybody knows that, you know, how, you know, how, you know, impactful, you know, Bill's words can be. So, <laughs> right, oh Bill's? man, <laughs> set me up for failure there. No, um, dude, no way. You're, I can't, there's no way you can overhype you. <laughs> right. Sounds good. Well, uh, thanks Joe. Um, well, I played, I played four years of college baseball, actually um, had a medical redshirt year in there. Um, so I played one year down at, at University of Redlands in Southern California, down, down by you. Um, and then my sophomore year at Redlands, I had an uh, injury and couldn't, couldn't play that year. So I took a medical redshirt year and then uh, transferred back to where I'm from, which is um, Tacoma, Washington area and transferred to University of Puget Sound and ended up playing three years of college baseball there under Coach Ken Garland. Um, and and then from there, uh, I actually got a head coaching job right after my senior year uh, at a local junior college um, up in Lakewood, Washington, called Pierce College, and I was there for two years. Um, and then um, got the head job at my alma mater, which is University of Puget Sound, uh, and I was there for 12 years um, and then took the job uh, at Pacific when it when uh, the head coach, Coach uh, Coach Bradley, Coach Greg Bradley, uh, retired after 19 years at Pacific. And and I took over for Coach Bradley and I've been at Pacific for uh, for five years. So it's been a, a great move for my family. And, and we really like Oregon and we love Pacific University. So, yeah, well. I mean, I'll be I'll be quite honest, man. What I know about Pacific University, I it, it's only come from you. Uh, 
and that's okay because, you know, just, and that I'm going to say because, you know, obviously our program and our kids and, and the guys that are down here, we're also Southern California guys, you know, our, our program is Southern California based, even though we have, you know, players and teams all over, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, the exposure to Northwestern schools or schools out of the region in general, uh, isn't, isn't great. So we just, you know, you know, talking to guys like you and, um, who, who are part of programs, um, out of, you know, out of our region, it's really, it's good for our players and our parents to, to hear this stuff. Cause it gives one, it gives your program exposure, but it gives them, you know, the comfortability of knowing what, you know, what certain programs have to offer them, um, you know, if they were to leave home and, and get away and go somewhere new. So, which is why, you know, I want, you know, not just, I mean, to be able to talk to you and get you on here, which, you know, you're, you're great. And, you know, I can't wait to kind of dive in, but the, you know, to get as many of these schools to kind of, you know, talk about who they are and what they're about, you know, um, and, and it just gives everybody just kind of the, um, just the information they may not, they, they may not have known they wanted, but then all of a sudden, you know, now they're more interested in maybe thinking, you know, it's a possibility to leave home and play at these, at these different universities that could be, you know, it could just be a little bit further away. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, you know, we could touch on, you know, what, what the culture is like at Pacific, you know, what the atmosphere and the environment's like on campus, um, you know, the, the, you know, what it's like to be a part of boxer nation, you know, um, with you leading, yeah. with you leading the charge. Uh, well, I guess bottom line is, um, if you want to, if you want to be developed then come to Pacific, you know, so that's, we kind of, um, really believe that, um, we're going to develop you better than anybody else. And, and that's, that's what we believe. So that's kind of the main thing that we sell at Pacific is just our ability to, to help our, our kids, uh, become the best version of themselves. And, um, so, so that's a big sell for us. Also Pacific is in a small town. Um, it's in Forest Grove, Oregon, which is about 25 miles, uh, west of Portland. Um, so I think, um, you know, being a small town, there's not a ton to do in Forest Grove other than, you know, play ball and, and focus on your academics. So we tend to attract kids that are pretty serious about baseball and pretty serious about, you know, being a good student. And, um, so that's kind of, you know, our selling point. We also have incredible facilities. Um, at Pacific, it's a great community. Um, it's a smaller school. There's only 2000 undergrads. Um, we have quite a few, uh, graduate school programs as well, but, um, you know, only 2000, give or take a couple hundred undergrads. Um, and so, uh, it's a really tight knit community. And I think like 40% of our students are student athletes. So within the athletic department as a whole, everybody kind of supports each other and, um, there's a really good culture and camaraderie around the, uh, the athletic programs at Pacific. So, um, those are some of the big things that we try to sell, but the biggest thing is development and, you know, helping our, our players improve and grow, uh, throughout their four years. Right. Well, I mean, it's, there are a lot of programs out there, right. And, you know, we've had a few, few colleges on, on the, on this podcast over the last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, I would say that everybody we've, we've spoken to is, is the priority is developing players once they get there. But there are a lot of colleges out there that aren't, 
as focused on that. They're more focused on, you know, recruiting the, the highest level of talent and then watching guys compete against each other once they get to campus or once they get to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the program. And then seeing who kind of, you know, obviously you're going to, you, you know, development's always going to be um, some type of priority, but a lot of times it's not like at the absolute top of the list. So um, with programs like yours, like developing players is such a big deal because you're not getting that high end, you know, prospect out of high school or junior college to begin with. So you have to, you know, create uh, or, or do do the best with what you're able to get in, right? Um, Absolutely. So, you know, I know I know we've talked about this in the past. We've gone into gone gone into this at, in length um, with other college guys, and you know, kind of just going over, you know, what you guys do at Pacific that may be a little bit different than you know, most other programs, mostly because, you know, you, I mean, you personally, like you have a high, um, high understanding of, you know, developing players at, you know, as any position as hitters, um, you know, you, you have a really good understanding of how to do that and how to get to these guys and get the most out of them. But what are the tools you kind of use to, to, to kind of help your cause in that matter? Uh, yeah, so I guess first of all, um, I don't do anything with the pitchers. Um, I have a, I have a, just an amazing pitching coach, um, Kyle Treadway, who, uh, has a really good understanding of, of, uh, developing pitchers, everything from, um, pitch design to pitch calling to, you know, mentality. He's, he's really, really good. And so I feel pretty lucky to have him and, um, you know, we have a, a JV program at Pacific, so we, uh, you know, have, you know, anywhere from 45 to, you know, upwards of 50 players on our roster any given year. And so it's hard for me as the head coach to watch all the bullpens and still uh, be tuned in and dialed into what the hitters are doing. So um, we have a pretty good dynamic between Kyle and I and, and Tread. Uh, you know, he handles all the pitching, and so he's almost like a – you know, an assistant head coach in, in that regard, um, in that I, I really trust him to, to do the right thing with the pitchers. And, and uh, it allows me to really focus on the position players. And, and so I'm, I'm our primary hitting coach at Pacific. So um, definitely get some help from some of the other assistant coaches. And <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, so that allows me the freedom to, to really spend a lot of time focusing on the hitters and developing each and every one of those guys. So we, we definitely try to individualize the training at Pacific and cause not, not every hitter has, uh, the same needs. Um, and so we try to identify, um, some weaknesses or some deficiencies in their, uh, in their swing or their approach or whatever it is and, and develop, um, develop each, each hitter, uh, individually. So, um, we have embraced the technology at Pacific. There's a lot of good technology out there. Uh, we use uh, Blast Motion. Uh, we have a, a pitching rap soto um, and a hitting rap soto to look at batted ball profiles. Um, we invested in a, a spin rate gun. I actually bought it, bought my own spin rate gun just to have to for for recruiting, for scouting. Uh, it's really good to be able to look at a a pitcher and see what his spin rate is. And, and can I, inter- um, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. So as far as Absolutely. the spin rate and how you recruit, you know, cause I want, I, mm-hmm. the reason why I love talking to you is because you have such a unique, you know, perspective on recruiting and, and, 
and using using <coughs> I mean maybe I mean this is data, but using different points of data, I should say, to you know, to to get the edge on recruiting the guys you want. So when you say spin rate gun, okay, that's the that's the new stalker, right? You let me take a look at Yeah, the new stalker the oh. new stalker gun, yes. And it picks up velocity, it picks up you know, spin obviously because of the spin rate gun, and so yeah. When when you see a guy, you know, a pitcher with high spin rate, okay, regardless of how hard they throw, okay, why does that kind of catch your eye? You know, more so than a guy. I shouldn't say more so, but why does it catch your eye at least as much as it would catch you know catch your eye with a guy that's throwing hard, but maybe spin rate might not be uh, as optimal. Um, I think that spin rate, um, at least on the fastball, um, uh, you know, if, if there's a, a pitcher who, you know, might be like for our level, maybe a, a low 80s guy or even high 70s in high school who has a high spin rate, then um, their barrels, their their ball is going to probably, if they use it the right way, and um, their, their ball is going to have some vertical lift effect to the hitter where it looks like it's coming in at a certain height, uh, but because it has a high spin rate, it actually stays up and has a little like giddy up or, 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 um, lift effect to the hitter. And so you tend to, um, you tend to get, you know, a lot of foul balls up in the zone or fly balls, you know, that don't go anywhere, um, or even some swing and miss at the top of the zone because the hitter can't, you know, can't get to that pitch. So, um, so we use it also for sliders and breaking balls just because, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard to teach a breaking ball. Um, I mean, you, there's a certain amount of uh, stuff that you can do as a coach to develop that pitch. But, um, you know, a lot of times you either have a feel for spin or, or you don't. And so we, we use it uh, to kind of identify some of those, those kids that are maybe a little, you know, under the radar because they, they're not, you know, 85 or above but have potential, you know, once they get into college to get stronger and maybe tweak their deliver, delivery a little bit um, to maximize their, their ability. And we've had, we've had a number of uh, success stories of kids that have come to Pacific, um, you know, not throwing very hard, maybe, you know, high, high 70s, low 80s, and, and uh, develop, you know, uh, you know, anywhere from 5 to 10 miles an hour on their fastball. So, we had a pretty, a pretty good success story last year. A kid who came in, um, throwing, you know, mid to low to mid seventies, but he had a feel for a breaking ball. And, um, you know, during the fall, we were like, geez, not sure if this kid is ever going to really help us, but he had, he wasn't using his lower half. He wasn't very strong. Um, and his arm action was, was a little messed up. And so Treadway, uh, worked with him really hard. The kid had a great work ethic too, but, uh, put on some strength, um, cleaned up his lower half and cleaned up his arm action. And by the end of his freshman year, he was, you know, 85, 86, uh, pitch, pitching in the conference tournament for us. So, um, you know, we definitely take a lot of pride in, in developing our guys. And I think, um, you know, our guys lo- love it. And I think that's one reason our, our culture is so great is, you know, everybody on our team, I think, feels like they're improving and, um, their coaches believe in them and are going to do whatever they can to help them develop. So, right. um, so yeah. And then on the, on the hitting side, um, you know, we use a lot of, uh, technology as well. We have a, 
Um, we have, you know, blast motion sensors to look at well, um, what, can, what your body is doing. And you yeah. mentioned that earlier, right? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I've I've dove into using blast with our hitters um, to work with them remotely in in you know ways that we you know which we need to do, um, especially now during the time we're in. But can can we spend a little time on that and how you guys utilize that tool with your with your hitters? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've kind of adopted a test retest model where we test our hitters and we look at their attack angle, which is the, um, the angle that your bat is, is going at contact. So, um, we look at attack angle. We look at, um, we look at bat speed. Uh, we look at rotational acceleration. Um, and we look at early connection and connection at impact. So those are kind of the five things that we really look at and, um, evaluate with our hitters and we test those things and there's certain ranges that, you know, hitters should be in for all five of those metrics, those data points. And so then we test our guys, um, usually every two weeks or so. Um, sometimes when we get into the season, it might be every three or four weeks, but, um, we try to test our guys on a pretty regular basis. And, um, and then, uh, from that data, um, we prescribe programming for our guys to, uh, pick some of those, some of those things. So, um, there's some drills that that we believe in that can kind of uh, fine tune some of those uh, some of those issues with with uh, that our hitters might have. So, does that a- answer your question yeah, on how we use them? It does. Yeah. Um, so that's I guess. Oh shoot! I think I'm hitting all the effects buttons. <laughs> I didn't mean to hit that, but okay, it still works. Um, <laughs> what did I just say? I'm honored. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's like a little fairy just ap- appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> um. No, so now that, you know, guys are obviously they're at home, I mean, and they're, they're, you know, kind of left to work on their own and, and get creative with that. Is there, do you guys still utilize that tool right now? Or is it, you guys just, you know, can, can the whole, no, go ahead. We haven't, it's, it's hard to do that, um, remotely, but, um, I think one of the things that, that, I've tried to, at least with the hitters, the culture that I've tried to instill is, is it's a collaborative, um, culture. It's, uh, you know, we're all trying to help each other. I'm not, you know, I'm a shepherd. I'm not a dictator. I'm not trying to tell our guys how to hit, um, and make them hit a certain way and cookie cut our guys. So I really try to educate them and, um, you know, have them understand the data so that, um, cause my ultimate go- goal for, for our hitters is for them to be their own coach and for them to be able to make their own adjustments. Um, and I, I think it really showed, um, this last winter, um, you know, cause we, we really embraced this data driven test retest model about two years ago. And, um, so the spring of, of 2019, um, was our first year doing it. And, and then in the fall of 2019, so the next year, um, we really, uh, we really kept going with it and, and it was really awesome. We, we, you know, we only have a four week fall at the division three level, but we used every second of that to develop our guys and to get, um, kind of that started with that test retest model. And, um, honestly, our guys, uh, I think really understood where we were going, especially our returners and 
they really carried that into the winter. And I just noticed a ton of improvement from, you know, when we kind of disconnected with our guys after fall ball in 2019 to where they showed up in the fall or in the spring of 2020 again for, for January in January for, um, for our season, uh, just saw an incredible amount of growth from our guys. So really opened my eyes to, you know, there's a lot of improvement that can happen. Um, if you, you know, give your guys the right process and the right, uh, information, uh, when coaches aren't even around, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, um, it was pretty incredible to see. And our guys just came into the spring, um, you know, in, in January, into January, ready to go. So they, they hit all winter and, you know, they were in the weight room and they were ready to go. So, um, it's a, it's a pretty cool culture right now with, within our, um, within our team and certainly within our offense. So, well, good. You know, it's, um, I mean, I know for me, you know, as a coach and trying to oversee, you know, a, a big chunk of our program with, um, players and how they work and develop and coaches how and how they work and, um, but just trying to unify, uh, parts of our program to kind of, you know, have a, cause when you're dealing with younger kids, you know, there's gotta be, I think there has to be more, um, I don't want to say control, but there has to be more of a united front on how you teach things because, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older in the game players, right. They, they start to understand that, that, you know, there are different philosophies and ideas and, and, you know, I think when they're younger and, and parents as well, they just don't know any better yet, but when you're young, when they're younger, they think, okay, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're always looking for the right way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's only one right way. But with us, we, we know that there's a, um, there's a lot of philosophies amongst our, our coaches. You know, we had sellers that played in the, well, both Justin and Jeff sellers played in the big leagues. Right. So there's a, there's, there's, you know, whatever got them their success, they're going to implement we have, right. you know, guys who have coached a lot, you know, or, uh, a long time, I should say. And they, you know, whatever successes they've had as coaches, whether it be high school, college, or at the travel ball uh, level, right, they're going to they're gonna roll with that because that's what's worked. But from the fundamental standpoint, what, we're, what we teach, I think, you know, there's got to be a foundation, you know, throughout the entire, you know, system. And, and then, you know, you got to find the right guy, the right coaches and the right, uh, guys mm-hmm. to implement that system. And then obviously you can, they can build off that and, and use their own philosophies and ideas. Cause that's why they're brought in. We're not, we don't want them to be ro- robots as well, but this is the same way, you know, and that a, you know, uh, a, a farm system would work in the sense where, you know, there are going to be guys that conform to a certain way and then be able to build off that and, and add their own ideas. Um, now, I thought I knew where I was going with this and then I just, <laughs> just lost my train of thought, well, but I, 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 it's completely different than where I'm going now, but with, with well, that, I don't, I don't think it's the, uh, it's like in our program, it's not like it's the wild, wild west and right. every player just goes, does their own thing. But, yeah. um, I just, I really think that the biggest thing is to, that the players own their career and they own their at bat and, and they're there at bat and they're not my at bat. They're not, they're, you know, hitting coach, Twitter coaches at bats. They're your at bats. So, mm-hmm. um, you need to be completely bought into, you know, whatever 
adjustment or approach that you're, you're, you're making. So, um, so I think our, I think our players really appreciate that because then they feel like they're a part of the process and not being just told what to do. So, um, it's a, uh, it's a healthy, healthy situation. And, and then they, uh, in game are able to kind of make their own adjustments easier and make their own decisions on how they're going to adjust mm-hmm. in game, uh, because they're used to doing that in practice. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So I guess what I was trying to get to before was if, mm-hmm. you know, that you guys obviously have your own philosophy and how you do things and how you recruit and how you teach and, and all that. Um, with when you're, when you're not hands-on with, with certain, you know, certain aspects of, you know, teaching fundamentals, you know, like you said, you're not with the pitchers a whole lot. You know, you trust Treadway to, to, you know, kind of do the job. And so you've attracted the right, the right guys surrounding you that to do, you know, what you would like them to do. Right. And uh, however they execute those, you know, you know, however they execute whatever those goals are, right? That it, it really that really doesn't matter as long as they're executing what those what those goals are. Um, so, with with that, okay, is it is it? Do you find there's a challenge in being able to step away from aspects of the game that you're heavily involved in, like you, like you're involved with hitters, right? Do you find mm-hmm. that there's a um, there's a challenge when, like now, when you're not around the hitters, are you? Do you feel like they're going to return and there's going to be a uh, improvement in your guys, or do you find that they're you know they may be behind a little bit more if you're not? So like for me right now during this time, I want to find ways to, for guys to improve to improve at home. So when they come back you know, they kind of just picked up where they left off and maybe they, they've, you know, they've gotten a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, is there any, is there any kind of expectancy I should say from that regard on your part when they get back? Um, that's a, that's a great question. I guess short answer is, is I've never been, I guess, more confident um, with my, my players that they're doing the right thing. Um, in their development off the field and, and, you know, behind, you know, behind closed doors, I guess, where, where, where we can't see it. And I just believe in like what we do in practice. And I, I can sense that our players believe it also. So, um, you know, both from the pitching side and, you know, hitting side and, and base running and, and position stuff. So, um, no, I, I, I trust our guys. I know they're, um, we have a really great work ethic um, in our program. So I trust that they're going to um, do the right thing. That being said, you know, when you have a little bit of a, um, a culture where players are freed up to make their own decisions on, on where they're going to go with their swing, um, you know, sometimes they can go the wrong way. Um, and I think it's self-discovery is a pretty powerful thing. Right. And so, when you, if you go the wrong way with your swing or with your stance or your setup or your, you know, your pre-pitch move or whatever it is, then, you know, you might, you might put yourself in a, a bad situation in the short term, but in the long term, um, that process of self-discovery, I think, is more valuable than anything. So, um, yeah. it's kind of a, a, a thing for me. I used to, the way I was raised was if you want something done right, you do it yourself, but I've learned over time <laughs> the hard way that, 
um, you can't control everything as a, as a head coach. And you kind of have to trust your players and trust your assistant coaches to implement, um, you know, a philosophy or, or mechanics that are going to be um, in the long term conducive to success, even if you make some mistakes along the way. Because at the end of the day, you're going to, as a coach, you're going to, it's trial and error. I mean, you're going to be trying to make a little adjustment with a guy and it might not feel right or it might not work with his body or his mobility or his strength. Um, and so you move on to the next idea and you just keep trying to find things that'll stick, that'll help make that player the best version of himself. But, um, just along that process, you're going to be wrong a lot. And, um, you just got to be able to, you know, not have a huge ego and be flexible with it. And, you know, hopefully, um, come to a good, a good end point, a good solution for that player. So, well, so that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. So. And I think that's a good point. You know, you can't just control every aspect of the game. And, and so it takes a lot of, you know, it takes trust on your, your part or, you know, any head coach's part to kind of uh, just kind of just, you know, feel that reassurance that you have good guys underneath you um, implementing the right stuff. And um, I did want to get into catching a little bit today because I know there's a unique perspective on your part. But actually, I, I like what we've covered and I'd like to go into yeah. like a part two, maybe, and just focus on that because that can that can go that can go on. So, um, yeah, and um, you know, so this can be you know, dollar bills part one, <laughs> and then dollar bills part two will be you know all the you know a, a different aspect, which you know again catching. So, um, yeah, no, I really want to. I mean, I really want to thank you for being here and being on with me. You know, we try to keep these right around the 30 minute mark, you know, and not, I mean, I mean, Mitch Cannon went on for a while yesterday and I, I couldn't stop him, man. He was just so good. So I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want, I didn't want to be like, Hey Mitch, we got to go. <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, you know, you know how his story and a lot about him. And, and so, um, but you and I, uh, we're going to have like several parts over, over time. Cause I know you're not, awesome. doing, I know you have a lot of time. You, you said you were going to put posters up in your garage today. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, awesome, man. Thanks a lot for the opportunity to, to talk with you, Joe. It's super fun. It's always fun talking to you on, on and off of the, this podcast. It, it, and I will say though, that like, it, it's definitely a little bit more fun when we include Brandon James into the mix. Oh yeah. We got some stories about that guy. I know I'm going to make him nervous, but I'm going to tell him like, when we get off this, I'm going to say, Hey man, like me and Bill's, we recorded a podcast and you you were mentioned in there and then I'm going to let him stress out and then listen to the whole thing because he's going to be at the end. So he's going to have to listen to the whole thing before he figures out when he was mentioned. So <laughs> for those of, for those of you that don't know, uh, Brandon, he's a uh, Twitter official, the best pitching coach in San Diego. So, second second um, best. I thought second. Oh, oh second best. Oh, oh he, okay. no, no, no. He didn't get, he, I don't think he got knocked out. I think he's still the reigning champ. Still number one. Still number one. He's pretty good, man. He's a good pitching coach. He's really good. And he's detail-oriented. I just didn't know they had rankings for that stuff. <laughs> but, boy, do we have stories about him, don't we? Oh, we do. And that <laughs> that could be a completely different <laughs> edition of dollar bills on LockedInBaseball.com. You know? That could be uh, a... <laughs> mature, mature audiences only, though. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I could stomach those stories anymore so <laughs> all right well you know thanks again bills and uh brian billings and um 
you know, he's the head coach at Pacific University in Oregon. And, you know, if you guys have a chance, please hit the subscribe button, leave a review or rating on iTunes. And we're on Spotify as well, which I don't even know if you can leave reviews on Spotify. But if you can, if you can figure it out, let me know because people have asked me and I, I really don't even know how to use Spotify. But um, if you can do that, great. If not, that's okay. Just, uh, you know, tell a friend if you can. That'd be great as well. So thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you guys later.